Good morning, Veritas. How you guys doing this morning? Beautiful morning. All right. Uh, yeah, I'm Mark, one of the pastors here. What a privilege it is to open God's word. We're going to get right after it. We are in the book of James. It's in the New Testament, kind of toward the end of your Bible. Um, and so it's this, this small book. It's got just packed with wisdom. And so we're taking it in really small chunks. We're going to be studying this. Uh, we'll take a little break over Advent, and then we'll come back to it in the spring. But, but we're, we're in it to win it with the book of James here. So we're in verses 5, chapter 1, verses 5 through 8. This is God's word to us this morning. Consider it, uh, that's the wrong verse, verse 5. Now, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives to all generously and ungrudgingly, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith without doubting, for the doubter is like the surging sea driven and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord, being double-minded and unstable in all his ways. This is God's word to us this morning, and it's good news for us. It's good news for us. So we just got done talking about how trials, last week Jeff talked about how trials have a way of perfecting our faith and growing us and completing us. And, and he says uh, in verse, so give some context to this. In, look in verse 4 in the, in the uh, second half of that verse, he talks about lacking nothing. Now, I, I want to just say we've got these CSB scripture notebooks it, out at, at Info Central right here as you go out of the auditorium to, to your left. And uh, these are available. And basically it's just the book of James. And it's got an area where it's got the text and then a place where you can take notes to follow along. Some of you guys have your own ways of, of taking notes and that's fine. Uh, but these are available if you want to follow along. But, but one of the cool things, uh, having something like this where you can... You can circle things and write down. So in verse 4, you can circle or highlight the word lack nothing. Because look at how ours starts in verse 5. Now, if any of you lacks wisdom. So what's going on here? It's like, wait, you said, James, that I will lack nothing after going through a trial. Consider it pure joy that you will lack nothing, but I still lack something. He says, but if any of you lack wisdom, this is the bridge from last week to this week. It's like, okay, that's nice, James. God is maturing me. Thanks for that. But I still don't know what to do. I still don't know what to do. The audience is like, that's great. But it's Monday morning tomorrow, and I got to figure out, like, I just lost my job because uh, it came out that I'm a Jesus follower, and my, I got fired. So... Great, pure joy, God's growing me, but what do I do? What do I do now? Or uh, I'm in this kind of struggling in this relationship. I don't know what to do. It's tough. God's growing me. My spouse is calling me a lunatic for going to church and wanting to give our money to the whatever. Like I'm following some dead guy that was raised from the dead, and my spouse thinks I've lost my mind. Like how do I interact in this situation? Uh, my child wants nothing to do with God. I, I don't know how to, what it looks like to love them but speak truth. Like how do I, or I, I have this person that I love that's having like uh, 
like maybe my sister or my cousin, and, and she's getting married to another woman. And they invited me to the wedding. I don't know, should I go? Should I not go? Like, I don't know how to interact in these different situations. What do I do? And so I have real life decisions to make. So the question of this morning is, what do you do when you don't know what to do? You are maybe going through some stuff. God's giving you joy, but you feel like you still lack something. You don't know what to do. James says there's actually another ingredient that you'll need in this process of becoming more like Jesus, and that is wisdom. This morning is all about wisdom. What is wisdom? How would you define it? Well, some of you guys will remember Proverbs is a whole book on wisdom. We'll talk about that in a minute. But Proverbs, Solomon, talks about wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And there's a lot of places we could find something about wisdom. But actually, James, did you know James defines wisdom for us? In chapter 3, verse 13, you can flip one page over there. Chapter 3, verse 13, he says, Who among you is wise and understanding? By his good conduct, he should show that his works are done in the gentleness that comes from wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and selfish ambition in your heart, don't boast and deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where there is envy and selfish ambition, there is disorder and every evil practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peace-loving, gentle, compliant, full of mercy and good fruits, unwavering, without pretense, and the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who cultivate peace. So he explains what wisdom is with a study in contrast Do you see what he's contrasting? Selfish ambition with godly wisdom. He talked twice. He talks about selfish ambition, this idea of trusting yourself, leaning on your own understanding. You do you. That's what James calls foolishness. Like you just need to do whatever you want to do, whatever makes you happy. That's what you should do. That's what the kind of life that will lead to total chaos. He's like, where you find that selfish ambition, you find every kind of chaos. But wisdom, on the other hand, it's not like leaning on your own understanding. It's different. It's gentle, full of mercy and good fruit, unwavering in peace. Don't you want that this morning? Don't you, anyone in this room just want just peace? James is like, dude, I know, I know how to get that. I know where to find that. That's what wisdom is. So, so really the question this morning is when you're stressed, stressed out, stretched thin, enduring a trial, how do you not lose your mind in the midst of it? And here's the first point. We're going to have four points. Point number one, the cure for confusion is wisdom. If you want clarity in your life, if you want a sense of calm and peace, you need wisdom. The cure for confusion is wisdom. But that begs the question. 
How do you get it? How do you get wisdom? I want that. I want that. But where do I go? Well, James tells us, look at the next part of verse 1. If you lack wisdom, he should find a really good podcast. If any of you lacks wisdom, he should go to the, like, there's tons of self-help books. Like, there's an answer to your problems at Barnes & Noble. Go to Audible. Go to Amazon. Find the answer to your question. No, what does he say? He should ask God. Like, don't overcomplicate this. Just go to God with your need for wisdom. The second point is wisdom is only possible for the person who trusts God. That's kind of a duh. <laughs> I came to church to hear that. It's, yes, that's, wisdom is only possible for the person who trusts God. I, I want to I read this from Proverbs 2. We were talking about this in uh, Veritas School of Theology this week. This idea of we're going through the Psalms and wisdom literature and, and talking about uh, Proverbs. And, and this is a whole book on wisdom. But, but listen to this. And just see if you hear James coming out here. I could see James meditating on Proverbs 2 when he wrote the book of James. He says, my son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, listening closely to wisdom, and directing your heart to understanding. Furthermore, if you call out to insight and lift your voice to understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it like hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. Now listen to verse 6, because tell me if this isn't James 1. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. Doesn't this sound a lot like Jesus too when he says in Matthew 7, ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. Like God has what you need. You just got to come to him. You just got to come to him. And the Proverbs talk about like, like you know how to seek silver, right? Just do that except channel all that energy toward God. You know, we uh, in our family, I talk to my kids about uh, this thing that I feel like they don't talk, teach this in school. It's like the, one of the most important life things related to money. If you're going to do this, like, like, hey, there's this thing called compound interest, right? Young people, it's like you put a little bit of money in to the stock market as some kind of investment account, right? And you just little by little just keep, keep putting money in there. And, and I take them all to the compound interest calculator, right? The compound interest calculator. I type in the number that they put in and say, say you put this much in a month. What do you see? You see this, this curve that just goes straight up. And by like, you know, age 55, you're a millionaire and who doesn't want it? And so we, we go through that and it's like, so the kids get really into that. Like, oh man, I got to start getting my money into that. Like you, you know how to do this when it comes to money. You get really motivated to work for money, to earn money. And, and 
the encouragement this morning is go after wisdom like you go after silver. Like orient your life around saying, God, I need wisdom. And, you know, people will give you all kinds of opinions, won't they? I'm sure you can find a celebrity somewhere, somewhere out there on a podcast to tell you exactly what you should do in all those situations, right? People have opinions. I have opinions. You have opinions. And there is some wisdom here. But James is saying, no, go to, go to the Lord with it. Don't just run to this, this person for, what do you think? What do you think? And what does WebMD think? Like, go to the Lord and say, I need wisdom because I don't know what to do. In Proverbs 8, it tells us that wisdom, lady wisdom, I love how this personification of wisdom as a lady, it's like this, this, this female teacher that's just so wise and, and she's instructing and she has these just pearls of, of knowledge and wisdom. And, and lady wisdom, and, and it says in Proverbs 8 that it's, it's by wisdom that God created the world. Isn't that cool to think about? Like God is smart. He's so smart. He created the periodic table, right? He created all these chemical reactions. He created the sun. He created the cosmos. He created your eyes, your body, he created birds that fly, all of this. And if he has this, like, wisdom that he created the world with, certainly he knows how to help you get through your problems. Like, your problems are no problem when you go to the Lord and ask. So James tells us, this is all, so far we're one verse in, but he tells us, some things that you need to know about God. As you come to God, there's just a few things you need to know about him. And I love what he says here. First thing, look. You should ask God who gives to all. Just stop right there. Who gives to all. I love that. You could circle that word all. You could put arrows next to it. And all includes you and me. Like, isn't this so cool about, about God? Anyone can get in on this. You don't have to have a high IQ to have wisdom, which is great news for us, right? I think the monkey outscored me on the reading comprehension section of the ACT. So it's like, we, hey, if you're of like average or even below average intelligence, you can still be wise. Uh, Psalm 19, it says, the law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, listen, making wise the simple. Simple, uneducated people can be wise. Isn't that cool? He gives to all. Anyone can get in on this. That's the first thing you need to know about God is like, he's like, come. Anyone. Second thing about God, he says here, he gives to all. How does he give? Just, this is another word to, to underline, generously. He gives to all generously. It's how he gives the wisdom that's so cool. It's not reluctantly, it's not grudgingly, it's, it's generously. When you think about God, 
Do you think of him as being generous? Here's another question. Okay, so when you think about generosity, who is the first person you think of? Who's the first person you think of when you think generous? This person's picture comes to mind in your head. Who who is that person for you? For me, I knew exactly who that person was when I was kind of meditating on this. It's Grandma Marge. Uh, Maybe some of you have have met Grandma Marge. Uh, That's my grandma. She was awesome. I think about grandma and think about Grandma Marge when I was little. uh, She would would always be uh, coming to me. She's like, hey, Mark, Mark. And she would hold out her hand. I knew when she was, had a fist, that was a great sign. She's not going in for a fist bump. She's got cash in that fist. And she kind of, she grabs my hand and she takes her hand and she, she puts it in there. But she wants this to be like a secret transaction. She's like, shh, don't, 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 don't. Just, just go. And I'd walk away and I'd open it up and there's like a $10 bill or a $20 bill. And for like inflation, that's like the 80s. That's probably like 50 bucks. That's pretty good, right? You get a $50 bill from your grandma, that's great. And Grandma Marge was constantly like, hey, hey, you know. And and it was, she's just like giving out cash. Thing is, she didn't have a lot of cash to give out. She was not wealthy, Uh, but she was so generous. It was funny because one time uh, my brother and I, I think I was in college, uh, and and uh, we, I went with my brother to visit my sister in Southern California, and, and there we are uh, in California, and my grandma was there, Grandma Marge, and my brother was reminding me of this story. He goes, oh, I remember the trip to California. He goes, and she, at, in college, I was also kind of baiting grandma into it, you know what I mean? Like, hey, grandma, I'm, I'm in college, and I would really love to have those shoes, but, she, oh, you know, cash just coming out. Well, the thing about grandma was, it was all secretive, but she always had to be equal for all the grandkids. And my brother said, I came back with like 500 bucks. Like I came back with way more money because she kept giving me money, but she was also giving it to my brother and my sister as well. Uh, so that's Grandma Marge. Here's the thing. God is dishing out wisdom like Grandma Marge is dishing out cash. Generously. This word generously also has the idea of sincerity. God is going to give you the wisdom you actually need. Because I want cash. Wouldn't cash solve most of your problems? Some of you that have cash are like, oh, oh no, no, actually it won't. No, it won't. Or some of you that work with people that have cash would say, oh, no, it doesn't fix your problems. No, God gives you what you actually need. He's generous in the way that you actually need him to be generous to you. Isn't that cool about God? It's like generous with wisdom. And the third thing it says about God, you need to know as you ask him, he gives to all, anyone can get in on it. He gives it generously and ungrudgingly. That word ungrudgingly, some of your translations say he gives without finding fault or without reproach. All of these have the same idea that he gives it without disappointment or disapproval. So in other words, 
when, God's, when you come to God and are like, God, I need wisdom, he's not up there shaking his head like, you know, grumbling under his breath. Like, you know what? I told you this was going to happen. You got in this stupid relationship, and now you're going to come to me with wisdom on what to do? You should have thought about that when you started the relationship. Now you're married and you don't know what to do. Or you wasted your money and now you're going to come to me? Like you're this far into debt and you're going to come to me for wisdom? Like, Or you wasted your high school years making it all about you. College, just... I mean, and now you're going to come to me for advice? You got into this mess. Now you get yourself out. I didn't get you here. You're such a loser. Why would I give you anything anyway? Have you guys ever felt that or had those thoughts? Like I have. I've had those thoughts. Like, I kind of feel guilty about praying for wisdom because I'm the one. It was my foolishness that got me here. And James wants you to know that that's not how God is when it comes to you. Crying out for wisdom. I mean, a lot of those thoughts, the hard thing about them is they're kind of true, aren't they? Like, he's God, and I have kind of failed, and I am kind of a failure, and the case against me is pretty strong. But the thing about it is, is that if anyone comes to us, he gives to all generously, without finding fault, ungrudgingly, and it will be given. God will do what he said he's going to do, and he'll do it with a smile. So here's kind of a summary of all those points about God we just made. Point number three, God gives to all generously without shaking his head and with a sweet smile. I think we need to kind of unlearn whatever we have in our heads about God Related to us coming to him for wisdom? No, James says he is waiting for you to come to him. And he can't wait to give you exactly what you need. The wisdom that you need. Okay, verse 6. But, but, let him ask in faith without doubting, for the doubter is like the surging sea driven and tossed by the wind, That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord, being double-minded and unstable in all his ways. Here's what James wants you to know about this whole wisdom thing is, it is conditional. It is conditional. Let him ask in faith. The condition of you getting wisdom is if you have faith. And he describes what faith is, again, by a study in contrast. And this is so like the Proverbs, you know, to talk about, to use contrast, like the way of the righteous and the way of the fool. James does the same thing here. Like 
Let me explain what faith is by showing you what doubt is, what not faith looks like. Doubting is this idea of, has this idea of disputing with yourself. You're, you're kind of divided in your attitude about God. So, so the question that James, I think, would ask to kind of poke at this faith thing is like, do you trust God? Do you really trust him? Well, how do I know if I trust him? He says, well, let me describe what that looks like, the person who doesn't trust. They are, verse 6, tossed and blown around by the wind, the ocean. It's just chaos. It's constantly moving. It's swirling. It's, it's swelling. It's going up. It's going down. And you're just like this boat floating around on there. That, that's what the doubter looks like. And the contrast to being blown around by the wind is being anchored on a rock on solid ground. In Ephesians 4, Paul talks about this. He, he says, you know, when we grow in our knowledge of Jesus, this is Ephesians 4, 14, he says, we'll no longer be blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. Instead, we will in all things grow up into him who is the, church, or the head. When we speak, listen, here's how we're not blown around by the wind. When we speak the truth in love. The truth is how we are anchored. Proverbs 2, it's storing up God's commands within us that keeps us anchored. Psalm 19, it's the law of the Lord that makes wise the simple. It's, it's the commands of God. So I think that what we see here is that James is alluding to that the word is our stability. So the doubter is taking advice from the world and is not rooted in the truth of the scriptures. It's, they're not standing firm in Christ. And he says, he goes on, he says, the doubter is, look at that in verse 8, double-minded. This, this word, it's like uh, die, psyche in Greek. It's this idea, psyche, where we get, uh, it means soul, where we get psychology. Uh, he's saying, this person who doubts is double-souled. It's like they have two souls. I think this is the only time in the New Testament we see this word. What he's saying is one minute this person wants approval from the world, and the next minute they want God's approval. They want God's wisdom, but they're constantly back and forth. So the last point here this morning is for the person who wavers between God and the world, it's all confusion. For the person who wavers between God and the world, it's all confusion. In my uh, Bible reading plan yesterday, I came across Proverbs 28, 26, which says, the one who trusts in himself is a fool. But the one who walks in wisdom will be safe. You know the world's advice. Like we, we talk about this all the time. Like You do you. That person is a, the person, like if I do Mark, I'm an idiot. I'm a fool. 
Like if I live out my feelings and what I want to do, and I'm like, I just desire it, so I do it, I'm a fool. If I lean on my own understanding of what I think will make me happy and fulfill me, I am a fool. It's the one who trusts in God that will be anchored and have wisdom. So think about this. Like, I've heard of, of men who try to do this, but I never have. Um, they try to multitask by, like, ta- having a conversation with their wife while playing Candy Crush on their phone. Like, I've heard of people that try to do this, right? Hey, can, men, can we do that? Let me just not, get, come on, no, no, we can't. If you're nodding your head, like, yeah, you should, if you're single, you should, like, never get married if you think you can do that. If you are married and you're nodding your head, like, just, like, come talk to me afterwards. Uh, you have a really hard marriage, and it's not because of her, it's because of you. Um, just, like, that's free. Uh, not in my notes, but there it is. Um, but you're like, how, women, how many of you love to hear, like, if the volume's on, could you imagine? Like Candy Crush, bing, bing, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, no, I totally keep going. And, and you hear the sound of it. And like the louder you try to talk to get their attention, they like crank up the volume because they want their game noise. Like that's ridiculous, right? You can't do that. You can't have a real conversation or even a real relationship while you're on your phone but trying to be engaged. Like that's kind of what James is saying. Like, oh, oh yeah, God, like, I need wisdom. But really, I'm like so into all my podcasts. I'm so into my worldly wisdom and social media and celebrities that I'm following and choose, like, I've got a TikTok group for that, you know? And, and it's like, I, on it goes, like endless scrolling YouTube shorts on, you know, the wisdom that I need in this situation. Like, that's great if you're working on your car. Find the YouTube. But if you need real wisdom, put down your phone and get on your knees and say, Lord, I need wisdom. You cannot, James is stern with us on this, isn't it? He's saying straight up, don't expect God to be generous with his wisdom if what you really want is pleasure. If what you really want is the approval of the people around you, if what you really want is the quick fix, the easy way out of the trial, the cash, so I want to ask you this morning this James brings us to a fork in the road. I think what he's saying is sometimes wisdom is a simple obedience issue. Yes, you want all this wisdom and you want to know what you should do on Monday morning. But if God does give you the wisdom, are you going to actually submit to it? So I ask you this morning... In what area of your life do you need wisdom? Do you believe that God has the wisdom you need to help you through that situation? 
I want to pray. And I want us to end with applying this sermon and just giving you some space here as we worship to cry out for wisdom. Let's pray. God wants you to come to him. Psalm 86 says, teach me your way, O Lord, so that I may walk in your truth. Give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name. So I just want you to to cry out to the Lord for wisdom. What's an area of your life that you don't know what to do? And just ask the Lord for wisdom and then tell him that you really want to actually do what he says. I want to, because some of you, uh, maybe it's like, oh, yeah, family issues, but you're a workaholic, and you, like, you've got some serious stuff that you need to readjust in your schedule, like a total overhaul of your life rhythm and how you spend your time. And think about the, the money thing with debt. Some of you are, you gotta, if you're gonna ask the Lord for wisdom, there also has to be this kind of surrender, like, okay, Lord, I'm, I'm gonna receive it, whatever you have for me. And I'm telling you, he's generous, he's smiling, he wants you to come. So as we close in worship, just come to him. Just come to him.